Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Ireland's classic hits. Jessica Hart is a registered music therapist with the Irish Association for Creative Art Therapists and offers groups uh, and one-to-one sessions uh, and was a music teacher but then got her master's degree from University Limerick and she joins me on the air. Good afternoon to you, or good evening to you. Sorry, afternoon, my arse. Jessica, hi, how are you? Hello, how are you? Thank you so much for your time, Niall. Thank you. Thank you. Thank- I-, I was right. You are a young lady. See what I mean? I, I kind of knew you were young. I got a- got the impression you were. You sounded anyway. Oh, thank you so much. Sorry, the line is a bit unclear on my Okay, but that, that's, o- that's okay. I got- I'll just switch you over onto a different oh. line. There you go. That might be a bit better for you. Oh, perfect. Okay. Perfect. So, thank Jessica, you. firstly... What is music therapy? Because I, I've kind of heard of it, but I've never been involved in it. So I suppose that's the best thing, best place to start. Explain what it is. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really interesting question now because music therapy kind of looks very different depending on who I'm working with. And I've been so lucky because I work with a great variety of people through all ages. Um, I suppose part of the beauty of music therapy is that we don't need language to express ourselves. So sometimes it looks like, for example, psychotherapy through music. So sometimes we're having musical dialogues and we are looking at the music that we're bringing into sessions and um, considering it with the guidance of a music therapist. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're expressing and uh, processing emotions with the guidance of a therapist or maybe we're someone who's um, a young autistic child who's learning lots about communication, maybe developing their speech and language, um, their physical skills, all through music. So um, it's a really clinical... But children, yes, it's, it's children can learn a lot from music. Now, mind you, depending on the type of music we're talking about here, they can, like, they can <laughs> learn bad stuff from music too. But they can learn a lot about music. Now, I see, maybe, I, I, maybe I'm not understanding this properly, right? But to me... I remember years ago, I don't do it as much now, but if I was feeling a little bit, not down, but if I was just, if I wanted a bit of alone time, right, this is what I used to do. I used to drive down to Dallymount Beach in my car, on my own, all right? And I would sit in the car, I'd put the seat back, and I'd play Pink Floyd, Mm. Shine on Your Crazy Time, and and Dark Side of the Moon, (laughs) Wish We Were Here. I was a bit of a Pink Floyd fan. And it was so chilled, and you would just think about nothing. You know that? Great song. I mean, great song. Yeah. yeah. And it's... It's so interesting now because often we think about music having a similar um, impact on everybody. So, But actually, the impact lies within the individual. So I might listen to that song and feel something completely different than you feel. And, and, you know, that's kind of the beauty and the wonder of music as well. And I think that's also partly why the guidance of a music therapist is so important because... You know, you can imagine um, when you're listening, music could uplift you. It can mm. motivate us. Yeah. It can bring us, you know. It can um, just chill you out. Yeah. It can chill you out, but it can also bring you into a slightly darker place as well. And that's where the guidance mm, of the of music therapist might come in really helpful as well to help you manage and kind of guide your um, interactions with music. And so when you, when you started off as a music teacher, so so when I say music teacher, what, what, was there a particular instrument that was your instrument of choice? That's really kind. I actually started off, um, my initial goal was to be a music performer. I played the oboe. I've been lucky enough to play with the concert and symphony orchestras. Wow. And have um, 
So, yeah, so I, I played the oboe and then I studied in the academy here in, in Dublin, where I'm now working as a music therapist, and I'm so proud of that. And then I went over to London to the Royal College of Music. And then I, when I came back, I um, went to study. The only place that you can study and be accredited as a music therapist is actually in Limerick at the moment in UL. Yeah. And they kind of do a wonderful range of courses in their academy of music, um, a world academy of, of music. And so that's... I so that over so what do you do when, 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 I, when I go to you and, you know, I say, I, yeah. well, I, I don't know what, who goes to you. Who, like, who goes to you? People who are feeling a bit depressed or they just want to talk or, they, or they're looking for some kind of answers or what, what is it that, that they go to you for? Yeah, so I actually work in a variety of settings. So some, um, and actually, it's it's, it's typically a lot more clinical and, uh, than mm. people kind of imagine. So some of the settings I work on are, for example, mental health centres. Okay. Uh, in the academy, um, people come to me, they can either refer themselves or they can get in touch and say, look, I'd really love to try music therapy. I'd love to, um, you know, engage in, in a term of music therapy. And... Um, they could be anything from young children, young autistic children, and we could be working together on goals like communication and speech and language, or they could be um, adults who are experiencing mental health illness or challenges. Okay. Um, and I also work, yeah. And so do I you, and do you decide the music that they should listen to, or do they decide and you just kind of encourage or, or kind of tell them what they should be looking for in it? So who decides what they should be listening to? You know what I mean? Because you, yeah. you, know, you know, hardly, like I'm feeling depressed. Okay, go off and listen to Mo- Motorhead, the Ace of Spades. I mean, that's probably not going to do yeah. it for you. So, I mean, yeah. who, do, who does... Like, yeah. Yeah. The Ace exactly. of Spades. <laughs> I mean, who, do, who, do, who decides like what the best type of music to listen to, I suppose, for your diagnoses? Who decides yeah, such an interesting question and I would answer that question in kind of two parts so the first part is around the listening so some of what we do is about listening or what we might call receptive music therapy so kind of more listening actions but a lot of what we do is actually creating music together and the beauty of it is you don't have to be music or musical or have music experience to actually engage in music making and what it really is is about the process of that music making Mm. and what it's what, how, what we're communicating to each other. And sometimes we even have dialogues through music that feel like a conversation and that actually tell me, because through my, through my skill and studies, they actually tell me a lot about how we relate to each other when we're making music together. And in terms of the decisions, really it's kind of just like any other therapy in that it's really important that, um, that the person attending has that agency and that we're working towards, with you know, mm. with their preferences, okay. we're considering all their preferences, and really what they, and their goals as well. So, you know, we might have really important discussions before we begin about where our goals might lie, or what our, you know, what our hopes and our expectations from our work together might be. And together we think about, you know, what the direction of our work might be. I find music um, is, you are right, music is very therapeutic. The the only time I really get to listen to music, generally speaking, is in the car, uh, because I do a talk show. I don't get to listen to music very much here in the radio station. So, and I find there's some songs are really uplifting. Some songs make you a little yeah. bit sad, but I love songs that make me reminisce. 
So I like for example, I I put on and this is going to sound real corny and sappy, but I put on things yeah. like Janicine at seventeen, right? I don't know whether you know that song yeah. or not. Okay, it's a really old song. I do, I do. But it reminds me, and and I can envisage myself with my fifty pence at sixteen years of age walking down to the Grove, which was the local dance at Clontarf. And, you know, the girls that I used to ask to dance and, you know, the ones I fancied and all the rest and walking home and getting me bag of chips and the kind of nostalgia in that one song because that was a song they used to play yeah. during the slow set. So, and, and every song has a kind of memory for you. And it, those yeah. memories can make you feel happy. They can make you feel sad. They can make you, they can uplift you. Like, I think a great song that we play here a lot on Classic Hits that kind of really lifts people is Mr. Blue Sky by, by um, ELO. Okay. What a gr- wonderful, uplifting song. But I, I suppose, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There's, so there's music that kind of is uplifting, and other music that kind of helps you, I suppose, bring back memories. I suppose. Yeah, that's beautiful. And actually, um, some of what, for example, and I do some work in nursing homes as well. And what happens when we engage in making and even listening to music is that we, it, like neurological fireworks, kind of happen in our brain, and part of what our brain does while we are engaging with music is uh, unpack and process all those memories. So some of it is, for example, like the parts of our brain that kind of file things and mm. um, and associate things and then attach emotion to things. Those parts of our brain really light up when we're engaging in music. And so it's not just kind of one part of the brain really that kicks in when we're engaging in music. It's, it's, a lot of it's it's a huge part of our brain, and even across the centre of our brain, which is what we call the corpus callosum, that kind of sends messages from one lobe to the other, and so that really helps us, um, you know, to connect strongly and to really remember those memories, and even to remember language when perhaps our language has been affected yeah. um, by by a diagnosis. And because so it's amazing. Kind of I watched uh, a video that went viral. I'm sorry for interrupting you, Jessica, but there was a video that went no, viral a while ago of a, a man, and he's in his car with his mother, and she's about 80 years of age. And yeah. she she has dementia, so she doesn't even know yeah. who he is anymore. And he brings her out for a drive on a Sunday, and they play music yeah. in the car, and she sings her brains off. She knows all the <laughs> words to all the songs that she remembered but she doesn't know her own son. And and she seems so happy and she's singing in the car and he's singing along with her and the two of them are singing in the car as they're going along. But she has dementia and she doesn't even know who he is anymore. But yet she can remember the words to all of these songs. It's incredible to watch. Yeah. It's so special. And I mean, I'm really privileged to kind of have those moments with people in my work. But I think what's equally important is that that helps um, the people that I work with to connect with their families, with their loved ones, mm. um, with their friends and peers around them as well. So there are huge social elements attached as well because I, I feel sure that those moments would be so important and so special, not just for that lady, but also for her son and the way they connect, mm. the way they're able to connect. Yeah. And um, I think that social aspect is so important when we're thinking about dementia and how we can feel disconnected, how we can become disconnected from the people we love and how the people we love can long to reconnect with us to that space, that authentic place that's really us 
healthy. It, it, but it is true. I mean, throughout the ages, music, you know, puts us human beings into this kind of strange trance where we move our bodies in time with it, and we all seem to do it yeah. in unison. So it, it does. It, music is a very special place, and it, you know, it's one thing that bonds everybody together is music, and we see that when you go to a big venue like. You know, I don't know, Croke Park to see Take That or whatever it happens to be. Although that wouldn't be my choice personally. Uh, but but we, see, we see that when people bond together and they sing along together to our book songs or whatever it happens to be. Uh, yeah. They're all in unison. There's very rarely trouble or fights or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? So um, music does bond people. You're so right. It goes back to our kind of earliest evolution, actually, which is really fascinating. And all... I, I suppose the, the parts of our evolution that are, are fundamental, earliest, evolved uh, systems within us, you know, about being social, about being in community, being in, um, being able to connect and communicate with each other. And that sense that we always needed as, as humans fundamentally to gather and to feel like we belonged. And music has always been an amazing way to do that. And I love the way you describe that, like, you know, I think we've probably all been to concerts where we just feel that moment. And it's really hard to describe. It's like something spiritual, but it's like all being there together and kind of, mm. you know, communing that feeling of um, of belonging within that group. You and, know, and and it, it, I think music as well puts some sort of time stamp in your brain because when we hear a song, yeah. we know exactly when it was. We know what we were doing. We know what disco we went to at the time. We know who we were with. You know, we it brings back all those kind of memories. So I suppose what you're doing as a therapist is is helping people to connect the music to the right feeling and the right emotion in their brain. That's a lovely that's a lovely way of putting it. And and also, you know, a lot of the time I'm using music as a kind of a motivational force um, to work on towards our health goals that might just not you know, it's it's like when we are walking or exercising. You know, we we use music. So, you know, we we use for motivation, music of course, yeah. That motivation for supportive rhythm, um, for all these things, you know. And and so sometimes what I'm doing is I might be doing, for example, shared shared work with a physiotherapist or with a speech and language therapist. And because we're including music, we're adding this whole new dimension that just means that we can get there easier and mm. you know and faster because we're we're um harnessing the, the mm. power of music too. so everybody wants to know now jessica what does the music therapist <laughs> listen to so when the music therapist yeah. is on her own in her bedroom or you know in her car and on dolly Man beach or whatever <laughs> it is what what does the music therapist listen to Ask me that. <laughs> am, I, am I not? Am I not? Okay, fair enough. Is that, is that an unfair question to ask? Oh, no, I'm joking. It's like I'm it's joking. like what does the I chef mean. eat? You know what I mean? Uh, I'm I have a really uh, eclectic taste, and actually, you know, since I began this work, I've been introduced to some incredible uh, singers, artists that I may not have known. They may not have been a genre that I would have been mm. um, familiar with. So, are you gonna um, are you gonna tell me? <laughs> Well, I love, I'm a bit, I, like, I love kind of classic, uh, like, I love Nina Simone. I okay. love Alex Jeff. I oh. love kind of the classic. Oh, well, then, well, see, but then you would have, you would have liked my Janicean choice then earlier on then, wouldn't yes. you? Yes. <laughs> they learned yeah. the truth at 17. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely what, like that. I, I used to love, yeah. uh, I used to love Janicean. I used to like Judy Zook. I don't know if you remember Judy Zook. Um, no, I 
Oh, you, okay. I'm going to give everybody a challenge now. You should go. Oh, go on Google or whatever is on YouTube or whatever, and put in Judy Zook. So it's spelled T Z U K E T Z. T Z U K. And it's called Stay with Me Till Dawn. Oh, I definitely should be listening to and that. And it's a beautiful song. And I used to love as well, Home Thought, Clifford T. Ward, Home Thoughts from Abroad. And the reason I liked all these songs was because they were the slow songs in the slow sets. You don't know what a slow set is, Jessica, you're too young. <laughs> <laughs> the slow sets in the, in the discos I used to go to. So they were the kind of only slow songs we heard, the only kind of, you know, romantic, nice songs. And they are all very meaningful because in those days, I try to explain that to kids nowadays. In those days, lyrics were quite meaningful. You know what I mean? They're not the kind yes. of daft stuff here nowadays. Yes. Yeah. Maybe I'm just sounding old. Sometimes it is the lyrics that, that link in with us. And some of the work I do, for example, is kind of thinking about the music that has been really meaningful to someone over their lifetime and, you know, and looking at that arc and reconnecting with that narrative, which can be so important because, like you said, those can be key moments for us and really bring back those key moments mm-hmm. for us. Well, um, that- and can help, yeah, just line it up and bring us, bring us back to our narrative, remind us, of well, that, of the story of life, so... Well, look, it's been yeah. lovely talking to you, Jessica. You've enlightened Likewise. me tonight now with your music knowledge. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Likewise. I have a vision Likewise. of you with the oboe as well now, on top of all that as well. But Jessica, <laughs> if people want to go for some music sessions one-to-one with you, or in a group session even, there may be a few, and, you know, people can go together as a group session, you know, and get some therapy. Uh, how do they do that, or how do they go about that? What's the best way to contact you? Thank you so much. Oh, well, I'm going to give you two options now um one is to contact me personally so my um my website is mindmusic all one word dot ie so that's mindmusic.ie yeah and there's also uh, i'm part of the association of uh, the irish association of creative arts therapists which is iacat i-a-c-a-t dot ie and that's a great place if you're for example if you're someone who's uh, maybe outside dublin there's a brilliant registrar, and what's really important about that is everybody is really fully accredited, fully qualified. You know you're in safe hands, mm-hmm. um, which is really, really important to know. And um, so you can look up the register there and find someone possibly really close to you too. So those are the two options, mindmusic.ie or iacat.ie. Okay. Well, I was going to, I was going to end it off by playing a bit of Pink Floyd. But unfortunately, oh. but unfortunately, it's not seem to want, doesn't seem to want to play for me anyway. It doesn't matter. Anyway, but listen, okay. Jessica, it's been lovely talking to you. And if you want to go to the website, mindmusic.ie or iCat, which is I-C-A-T dot I-E. That's mindmusic.ie. Jessica, it's been lovely talking to you. Yeah. You, you too. You've enlightened me. I'm going to go off and listen to Pink oh. Floyd tonight. Okay, thank you very much, <laughs> Jessica. Thank you so much. See thank you, bye. Take care now. Bye. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio, the multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show.